All right, well, hello and welcome back to uh, another episode of Cyber Matters. I'm your host, Russ Dorsey. Uh, we're powered, of course, by the Kasuf Podcast Network. Uh, cyber Matters is a, a show where we talk about the cyber that matters, uh, both to our clients and their families and, and keeping, uh, you know, it's, it's taking advantage and, and uh, utilizing technology uh, and but also how to protect yourself in a changing world. Um, and to, to that end, in our last episode that we're continuing, we were talking about international travel. There's a cyber component to that, but there's a largely human component and personal security component to that. And for that, we, we, we had Doug Wilson. He's, re, he's joining us back here for part two. Um, Doug is a uh, re- retired lieutenant colonel with U.S. Air Force and Air National Guard. Uh, he was an intelligence officer with a 27-year career in the Air Force. Also, uh, you know, now the co-founder of Counter Threat Group, which we've been talking about. Please go back and watch episode one. We talk about what Counter Threat Group does. Um, but then uh, also you're the uh, assistant vice president of University Advancement at Sanford, where you've been for about 20 years. And, and just talking about where we came from in the last episode, let me bring you up. We were talking about all the things I've decided I need to do overseas for a mission trip or business. Or I'm just taking my family on this post-COVID, thank goodness it's over, trip. Um, and what are the things I need to do to prepare? So we went through a really good checklist. So now we've had that long, crowded flight, because you did mention that with the the, with, with the shortage on, on pilots and planes, all the flights are booked. So we've suffered through the flight, um, and we're now landing at the airport over in wherever. Um, let's, you know, and so you've, you've got a long bullet list, and we are going to put these below in, in, in the podcast notes. But let's talk about now what do me and my family or me and my fellow travelers do now that we're in that country to stay safe. Well, you know, we, you landed at the airport, and so, you know, if you're with a tour group, your transportation is going to be taken care of. Um, if if not, you know, you got to figure out, i got to get to the hotel. Typically, you're not going to rent a car. You're probably going to rely on public transportation when you're overseas. Um, renting a car is very risky if you don't know the roads and how to get around. I, you know, I've, I've driven in England, of all places, a lot, and they drive on the wrong side of the road there. So, but uh, that was out of necessity. But, um, but I mean, driving a car overseas is great if you're comfortable with it and you know the lay of the land and you got people with you that are helping you. But a cab is probably the first thing you're going to need to get. Make sure it's an official cab. You'll know with the official cab. You can research it before you go, but you can also look out the airport. You know that there's kind of an official cab company. You just see a lot of them. Don't let an individual direct you to a cab. You get your own cab. You don't need somebody telling you, hey, come to me. I've got a cab. And you get, you see their car, and it's not really a cab. Uh, because, again, they recognize you as being American. There's a lot of things that people can immediately do to identify an American, and we'll talk about some of those too. But uh, be real weary of getting in anything that's not an official cab from that country. Um, you want to you want to only use those when you're traveling around. So so would you uh, warn against like Uber and, and Lyft? I would warn against it. I would read about well again whatever country you're going to and see you know is that a is that a is that an active um, way to get around in those countries and then what are the identifying symbols typically in our country they've got the sticker mm-hmm. they've confirmed that you've got you know here's their tag number and all that if they've got the protocol set up for Uber I wouldn't be nervous about taking it. I want to make sure I can confirm that that is an Uber or Lyft okay, driver. Okay, so, so that would be yeah. a thing. Okay, all right. All right, and and again, so yeah, you, you said you said don't let a stranger direct you to your cab. I mean, um, let's 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 talk about I guess behavior because because you did mention they they, they they can identify how we're American. Now. How do they do that? Yeah, well, I tell you what, one <laughs> of the things that even in this country, you, you've got to be aware, situational awareness. It's never more important than it is overseas. Um, it's important everywhere, but overseas. Uh, you look different. You have behaviors and mannerisms that give you away as being a tourist. So anything you can do to keep from exhibiting those behaviors and mannerisms, uh, the better you are. 
Um, so situational awareness is being aware of everything that's going on around you. Be looking at people, not for long gazes, but just be aware of the people that are around the areas that you're in. If you notice somebody really looking at you, try to get away from that situation because they probably identified you as being American. In their mind, if you're American, you're wealthy. If you're American, you're tied to money. If you're American, you're a target because I know you guys are vulnerable and gullible and I can you know, rob you and do other things because we're not paying attention to our backpacks and our purses and the things that, um, that most people do in other countries. And those are the two most significant areas where petty crime can happen. Um, I was in a situation in Rome, for instance, where some guys that were part of the military uh, group that I was with had gone over there and they came back with um, slits in their back pockets because they were dumb enough to put their wallet in their back pocket and uh, someone sliced it, they never knew it. They took their wallet out. They're very good. Uh, Pickpocketers are very, very good in all these countries. And so they'll do bumping techniques. They'll come up to you. Somebody will just start talking rapidly to you, close in your space, and you're focusing on them and somebody else is going into your pockets or your backpack. So um, it's very easy for these folks to identify that you're not from there and that you've got stuff that we want. And so anybody that comes up and starts talking to you, be very skeptical. any kind of valuable item that you carry with you, um, don't ever put it in an exterior pocket of a backpack. Don't ever put anything of value in the back in, in the back pockets of your pants. Uh, we, a lot of clothes now have the zipper pockets in the front. You can use those. Um, there's there's money clips that you can put under your clothes. Your credit card and passport are things that you can put around your neck and under your clothes. Don't, not super comfortable, but you know it's not that big a deal. But at least. It's on your neck and under your clothing the entire time. If somebody's getting that, you got other problems. You, you, you referred to that in the last episode as positive control. Positive control of that and yeah. that, your money, your pass. I mentioned the passport, but yeah, the passport, your credit cards, you know, if, if you have like a medical shot record that, you know, they want to see, have you had a yellow fever shot or whatever, that you might have to show at some point if you're in a third world country. But you want all that on you at all times. Um, the behavior that you're exhibiting when you are in a different country that gives you away. Americans are more animated. Americans make a lot of eye contact. Americans wear clothes that aren't like what they wear in other countries. I always say, take a look at the country you're going to, get on the website, look around, see how people dress in that country, and figure out, you know, all these bright clothes I have. You don't see many people wearing bright clothes. I need to get more subdued, you know, earth tone type clothes. Um, or the kinds of shoes they wear. I mean, the you know, do they wear white tennis shoes? You know, that's a trendy fashion thing. Some countries, they don't wear that kind of, do they wear shorts? No. You know, I've gone to some countries like Turkey. I spent a lot of time in Turkey. They don't wear shorts. Even in the hot part of the summer, you don't see guys walking around in shorts. And so if you want to stand out as an American, wear something totally different than what everybody else is wearing. So it may not be as comfortable in some of these countries, but if you get a feel for how they dress, um, again, that blends you in a little bit better. Don't wear clothing that has uh, American Hey, you know, Atlanta Braves baseball, yeah. USA all over a sweatshirt. It's proud to be proud to be an American, but overseas don't advertise it because Americans have a negative connotation in a lot of countries. And again, uh, you're identified as being very wealthy. So clothing that identifies, you know, Western brands, Western logos, sports teams that are American, um, I'd stay away from it. Now, you're going to get to these countries, you're going to see some of those folks over there wearing stuff about the Atlanta Braves and all. And you're going to look at them and say, they are, you know, they are Greek. I can tell, just, you know, you can tell they're Greek, but they can get away with it. You look very American wearing that stuff. So anything you can do to, again, take away the possibility that you might be American, uh, they can tell the way you're talking. Americans talk louder than people in other countries. And so you have a group of people walking down the street and they're speaking English. 
you know, someone across the street says, that's a, that's a bunch of Americans. So be aware of how loud you're talking and, uh, you know, in public places, don't draw attention to yourself. I always say small groups are better than big groups. Big groups draw attention. The smaller the group, the, the less attention. Really, you're, you're almost safer just by yourself. That doesn't draw a lot of attention, particularly if you're practicing the blending in. But most people that travel don't want to be by themselves and probably shouldn't be. Uh, yeah. But the less people that, you know, obviously when you're in a tour group, that's a pretty big giveaway. But um, hopefully there's protocols within that tour agency. So those are some of the things. Don't be a flashy American wearing a bunch of American-looking stuff and promoting yourself as American. And, and, and I imagine there's a cultural aspect to that as well, to, to be respectful of the culture that you're visiting, um, to, um, to, to understand those things that may be hot-button items or, yes. or insults to their right. culture. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know about the shorts thing, but that and, may yeah, be. It, it could be an insult in a, in a country that's primarily Muslim. I mean, yeah. um, and it's hot, it's hot in Turkey. You know, I only put my shorts on and go downtown and do a little. Well, you'll be the only human walking around with shorts on, and so it's a dead giveaway. But um, so, yeah, you need to know, particularly in some of the countries that you go to, that, you know, you might be more at risk of something bad happening. I would definitely be uh, pay attention to the cultural things. A lot of European countries, you're going to see shorts. Yeah, you know, sure. you're going to see them dressing sort of the way we do. But you need to, what, what I've told, uh, I've, I've been in front of students a lot, uh, even at Samford before they travel internationally. And I say, when you get to the country, let's say you're going to Spain, when you're in Madrid, sit on a bench right after you get there and just start looking at people and pick out the Americans. And they say, I don't know who they are. And I say, you'll know them when you see them. I said, see whatever it is they're doing and don't do that because you're going to know they're American by whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. They just give themselves away. It's the way we carry ourselves, you know, our expressions. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of, it, it's a little bit of a practice to get involved in being really comfortable blending in. And one of the biggest giveaways is getting lost. Anytime that you travel to another country, uh, you're going to get lost, and honestly, that's part of the fun of it. You get lost, and it becomes an adventure. But the last thing you want to do is act like you don't know where you are because that is going to draw attention. If you're standing out in the public square and you're looking at a map or looking at your phone, you're looking around real frantically because you can't find the street, well, somebody's going to notice that that person doesn't know where they are, and they're going to come up and offer help, and it may not be who you want to offer you help. Right. So if you're lost, it's okay. Act cool. Act like you know, this is, you just act like nothing happened and just stroll into a local restaurant, a bar, whatever it is, a shop. Get your bearings inside somewhere. Don't stand out in public looking lost because it's going to draw a lot of attention to you. And that's not what you want. Right. Um, but everybody's going to get lost, so it will happen. But just don't let it bother you. Just walk into somewhere away from the public view and figure out where you are. Get your bearings, right. yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, you mentioned about large uh, about large gatherings, and I think that's... Uh, you know, I imagine unless I'm running with the bulls, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I probably, you know, unless you, you, you're doing that anywhere else, that that would definitely be a, a, a thing you might be drawn to to see what's going on. But, but but you mentioned here, you know, large gatherings and public demonstrations. There are pop-up demonstrations that happen in a lot of countries. They're doing, you know, they're, they're angry about something and there'll be this big demonstration. I mean, we do that in our country. But you as a, someone not from there going up there, and kind of taking pictures and seeing what's going on, they, they could turn on you. So you want to watch that stuff from a distance. You don't want to get so curious that you get you, you walk up to it because there's a lot of frenzy, a lot of passion in whatever it is they're demonstrating, and they can turn that on you, particularly if they say, this guy has nothing to do with our group. Um, so you be real careful about that because I've seen them in a lot of countries. I was in Greece, actually, and they had one in one of the cities I was in. And, and I was talking about STEP, Safe Traveler Enrollment Program, Smart Travel Enrollment Program. Mm -hmm. um, I got a step alert about a demonstration actually happening in this place I was in Greece, and sure enough, it happened. So 
Um, so that's another value of having the, the STEP program. The STEP and program, we'll, which was we'll, on, on the... Yeah. the uh, but yeah, stay away from uh, those kinds of things. And, you know, one of the other things I say is that we all want to go to um, popular places mm-hmm. that you've read about. It's a great place to eat. It's a fun place to go on a Friday night. Well, terrorists and people that are looking to do bad things are going to do it during peak times. They're going to go when there's the most amount of people. They can make the biggest media splash and hopefully get a lot of Westerners. And they know in these countries, Paris, for instance... They had that event back in 2017. They hit an outdoor cafe. They hit an indoor concert venue. Hit something else, but killed a lot of people that night, a terrorist attack. And it was a Friday night, peak time when everybody was out. Um, so if you want to go do some of these things, and you know it's a popular, trendy place, instead of doing it on a Friday or Saturday night, consider doing it on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. That's not when they're probably going to target it. They're going to target it during the peak times, uh, during the busy times. If you're going to get on public transportation in other countries, there have been terrorist attacks on public transportation. It happened really bad in Spain back in 2000 and maybe 15. But um, if you can if you can get on public transportation, subways, trains, those kind of things, off times and not during rush hour, it reduces the risk of something bad happening because a terrorist is going to strike during the busy times. So if you can alternate your time from those times, you probably really reduce the risk. We can't always do that. I don't always practice what I preach on that, I can assure you. Um, I do the things contrary to what I talk about, even though I know it's wrong, but you just can't you avoid it. Sometimes you have to get on the train at 8 in the morning and go somewhere. Yeah. But if you can't avoid it, it's better. So I, 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 I traveled with a travel agent one time uh, on, on the cruise we took, and that, that was the first lesson. It was for different reasons, but they were like, everybody's going to get to do what they want to do. Let's sit back, let the crowd do it, and then we'll go when they're not there. So even, you know, the terrorism being a, a factor of that or attacks, but also just catching it during the off-peak is going to be more pleasurable. You know, right. you're going to have, have a better experience. And then there's this added benefit of maybe not being there if something, you know, something, if something breaks out. One thing I will quickly mention, too, is when you, you know, if, if you're on your own and you're, you're staying in your own hotel, um, I would avoid Western-branded hotels overseas right. as much as you can. It sounds kind of odd. You know, we all want to stay in the Hiltons and the Marriott's and Hyatt's and whatever they are, the ones we're familiar with, and they have them in a lot of countries. But there's some really nice, really good, small European or, you know, local hotels that you can stay in. And the reason I say that, the bigger hotel, the bigger the threat. And also, if it's a Western-branded hotel, um, somebody that's looking to carry out an act of terrorism knows there's Westerners that probably stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a big target, and let's go after that one. You're probably not going to have that issue ever happen to you in a small local hotel. Yeah. But, you know, you think about the, even the Mumbai, was it India, where they had the big Marriott terrorist attack years ago? I mean, those kind of those kind of hotels are going to attract that kind of attack. So, um, if you if you can stay in a different sort of hotel that's not a Western branded one, um, do that if you can. I mean, again, everybody's not going to want to do that, and um, it's not always possible. You might be with a tour group where they book those kind of hotels, but if you're on your own and you can make the decision, I'd veer away from those and stay in something more local. Yeah. Um, uh, just to. Uh to just talk about cash again, um, and you got you got a note here about banks. And, and in, in the prior segment, we talked about ATM scams. But you had you had warned that we should travel with a, a limited amount of cash, probably just enough to get through a day or two worth of emergencies. Use plastic for everything else. Um, but if I if I were to find myself <clears throat> needing a larger amount of cash, or uh, you know, I'm I'm doing something like that. You said the the hotel safes aren't worth anything. I, I personally would never use a hotel yeah, safe. Yeah. So so is there a trick if you do have sensitive documents or you did have to take your laptop overseas for business but you don't leave it there on the hotel on the two days you do have to go to the beach is there i mean is the hotel safe down behind the concierge desk a better place you know uh, you, you could you could you could consider uh 
I, I sort of hate to keep something like that even with another person that I don't know. Yeah. But um, uh, you you know, for that instance, I would try to find somewhere in the room that's just really uh, you, you think it's pretty well hidden. I mean, I've hidden well things hidden, yeah. in a suitcase before that are you know kind of in a pocket behind a bunch of stuff that they'd really have to kind of look around for. I try to find my own little hiding places. Um, I guess the safe is the next best backup. But yeah, again, I, I, I just always heard that the, the front desk safe at the hotel was better because it's at least there with the front desk you, staff. If you, if you yeah. can confirm that they will put it in a safe, yeah, yeah. I would be okay yeah. with that. Um, because, they, I mean, they, want, they don't want to lose business. They want you to stay there and other people. So they don't want to see an incident. So if they have a safe that they can put it in, I'd be okay with that. I'd be, that would be the next best solution, in my opinion. Oh, but, but, but about cash, you're talking about carrying cash around. Yeah. Um, I, I, I recommend something called a dummy wallet. Yeah. And, and again, don't keep anything valuable in any exterior pocket or any exterior backpack pocket. Keep it, keep it close to you, somewhere that's really well hidden on you, but build a little dummy wallet. And that's a wallet where you can find some business cards or, or just some fake, you know, coupon from this restaurant or that restaurant, some little things in there that make it look like it's got official stuff in it. And then put some real currency from that country you're in, in the wallet, maybe 10 bucks worth of something, where there's two or three bills. It could even have an American dollar or two in there. Have some real money in there. You, you know, it might be 10 or $15. But if you get into a situation where you're cornered and somebody's robbing you, pull out this wallet and say, you got, oh, here, take it. They open it up, they see real money. They've got your stuff. And then you take off running, they take off running. Yeah. They don't have your stuff. They got seven or eight bucks. But they don't have your ID, your, your, they don't have your, um, Driver's license, your $200 in cash, all your credit cards. They think they have all your stuff, but they don't because you gave them a wallet, but it's not a real wallet. So. Yeah, my, my, my daughter went, it was just Philadelphia. It wasn't overseas, but. Uh, well, I would do that in Philadelphia, New York, well, and, that's, and that's, Chicago, and L.A. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I was going to say. Now, she had one of those caddies that goes on the back of your phone yeah. where she had everything, you know, and yeah. they got everything at once and don't ever yeah and it unfortunately wasn't a dummy thing it was everything she needed for the trip yeah Yeah. um you know that's the uh i I was trying to go through the the list i I think we'll talk about some of these final items about some of the you know the real dangers i like this email the you know a copy of your itinerary and you've mentioned yeah you'd you'd mentioned somebody back home having your passport but if i copy of it but if i made my itinerary and even if i'm going to change this again i'm going to talk about my daughter who's traveled through life with a lot of luck apparently But she, when she was living in Las Vegas, she'd go just camping in the high desert, and she'd be gone for a couple of days, and she would seldom let us know, you know, if she was out. She came back to Alabama and did that, you know, and, and, I was, and, and, and she's in East Alabama. I was like, honey, it doesn't matter. There's people, you know. Tell us where you are. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah no, but, but, but I definitely, think that's critically important. But, but definitely if you're overseas and you do have a change to your itinerary, which you've already you know, let people yeah. know, and it's day four and you wind up, you're going to go to Istanbul instead of wherever you right. want to go, then you need to let people know uh, so that they're missing you if you don't come back, right? Or if there's a problem, exactly. they know already. What I say about that is, is, you know, the itinerary, the hotels you're going to be in, which day you're going to be in it, the address or phone number for that hotel. Um, obviously, they have your contact information. Um in the amount of time you think you're going to spend in various places, just just so they know, hey, today, today, based on their itinerary, this is the country they should be in, this is the hotel they should be staying at. <coughs> and then you, as the traveler, if there's a change to that, um, you know, trying to make sure the person that has your itinerary knows that. And it's okay to leave your itinerary with more than one person. So it's it's a, it's a safety thing, and I know with kids, um, they're, uh, you don't need to know where I'm and all that stuff. But it's it's, it's very important for safety. So. Yeah, I, I had a, a good friend um, that 
one of her pictures from when she was a teenager, and it was the 1960s, maybe early 1970s when you do this, and she's on a picture. So uh, she's on a, <coughs> a bike uh, somewhere in India in this picture, and I asked Mary, I said, where, where are you at? And she said, oh, I've done it. She was, she's from England, so she had, she had backpacked and biked pretty much from England to Australia. And I was like, well, those, those were the days, weren't they, yeah. <laughs> when you could probably do something. I don't think that's the case anymore. And, again, you like to think that 98% of the time, 99% of the time as an American, you can travel uh, someplace and, and get there safely. Um, but, I mean, th- there are hot spots in this world. You mentioned Mexico uh, a little while ago. I had a friend, uh, and her father was uh, he was in the uh, – uh, he bought uh, antique pieces and, and uh, estates and things. But he had, he had, he'd go down to Mexico – and get furniture and things from down there. Um, and, and Rebecca was, she might have been 95 pounds on a day she'd eaten a lot. <laughs> you yeah. know, she was tiny. Her husband was a big old boy. He was, uh, he's probably 300 pounds. But they were going through a street in Mexico, and she just got behind him. And the father was ahead, and the husband's right in front, and she stepped out from between them to look at something for half a second. And before she could catch up back up with him, she had been grabbed oh and was over somebody's shoulder headed up an alley. Now, the husband managed to get a hold of them before they got too far, but it was mm-hmm. just that quick. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that, you know, if, if you if you have places right now for the next couple of years because of our geopolitics and just things, and like you said, the cartels, where, where are places that are better right now to go or things that you can, you know, as a cautionary thing that you can tell us? Well, you know... Uh, there are there are a lot of great countries to go to. I think the safest thing to tell people about, you know, when they're traveling is, is again, there is another site on this. If you go to the, the travel site, the international travel site on the um, State Department, mm-hmm. our website actually has a link to that, um, the State Department uh, travel, um, international travel warnings and things like that. They, they, they put a number for every single country. Um, in the world. So you could look up a country and it will tell you the travel, the, the security level, travel level. So one, two, three, and four. One is pretty safe. Two is pretty okay. safe. Three, three is uh, recommend do not travel and four is do not travel. It's red. It's, they're, they're color-coded. So red is don't go there now. There's bad things going on and you don't want to go there. Uh, for instance, Afghanistan would be a red. Um, the um, uh, Some countries will be There'll be, I believe it's the orange, which is recommend do not travel because there's something going on somewhere in that country that's bad. It doesn't mean you can't necessarily go. You would just avoid that area, but it kind of makes the whole country recommend no travel. Um, but just read what it is. It will tell you what the incident is or what's going on that prompted that particular alert, their travel alerts. A red is do not travel. But I think it's really good for anywhere you're going in the world, whether it's Europe. You know, Paris right now, they've been having a whole lot of riots going on in Paris. You wouldn't normally think of that being an issue, but they've had that over the years off and on. But they've had a lot of riots. I haven't really paid attention over the past week. I think it's died down a little bit, but the streets of Paris were really bad about a week ago. So that would be something I'd want to be aware of before I went over there. Um, If you already have something booked, it doesn't mean I wouldn't go. I just know that i got to be careful when I'm in Paris, or maybe I change my itinerary and go to some other part of France before I end up in Paris. Yeah. Um, hey, you, you mentioned you're going to Uganda? Uganda, yes. For, uh, for mission? It, it's going to be a mission-related uh, operation. and so, um, so, yeah. so, so so how do you feel about Uganda? I assume you've done your research and you've, you've done your thing. So. This will be my third time. Um, I, I've been to South Sudan and then twice in Uganda, and so... I'm with this uh, group that's going to be working with South Sudanese refugees that come have come over the border of the civil war in South Sudan right now. So they're all sort of in the northern part of uh, Uganda, and we'll be going to a place that's kind of doing medical missions for them to oh. help them out. So um, 
this will be the third time I've done that similar type of thing. This group does this every year. So, um, yeah, it's always an adventure going over there. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of travel. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that's worth a, a calculated risk to do, though, yeah, you're, because yeah. you're doing something, right, you're right, doing something right. good. Um, all right, so I'm just going to get in our last uh, our last four minutes here. Um, so, and and we might have touched on this, but to encapsulate, you know, I, so I'm overseas, and a, a worst case scenario is unfolding for me, other than I got lost on a side street in Spain or wherever, and I'm, I'm trying to find my way back. What are you know? If, if I've done my preparation, I've got the embassy numbers there. I mean, what what, what who am I going to reach out to? Is it just the local police? Am I going to yeah. try to get back to the embassy? What's how's that going to play out? Yeah, definitely, definitely get the numbers of the closest embassy to where you're going to be traveling. A lot of the big cities in Europe or other places they're going to have embassies. Get the consular information so that you have a contact number to call if something were to happen. You lost your passport or something happened to you or to somebody that you're with, and you need. You need our government's help. Yeah. So always get those numbers, and those are available through, um, again, that State Department site. That's what I'd look for to get the consular, the, the embassy numbers or the local consular, whatever it is. So always get those. I think it's very helpful. Something else about phone numbers, I would write down the phone numbers of all your credit cards, you know, on a little piece of paper that you keep with you somewhere so that if you lost your, your visa, you've got the 1-800 number to call internationally. You know, that number's on the back of the card. So you lose your card, how do you call them? It says call this number if you lose your card. Well, the card's lost. How do I know about that? (laughs) So you want to write that down in advance. If it did get lost, you have all the numbers of all your critical things like that. I I just have a cheat sheet of all the numbers that you might need at some point, including the embassy numbers. So, So, I mean, you've got, and again, I'm going to ask some some questions because, again, I told you I've never been overseas. But if, if, and obviously... You don't want to break the law overseas because it all bets are off. But it, but are the local police, uh, you know, are, are going to help you get to the embassy? Uh, yeah, and be if you're talking with uniformed police yeah. officers, uh, they want to know about issues, particularly if you're concerned about something you see. This doesn't look right. I'm afraid the guy, you know, looks like he's got a gun, whatever it is. They want to know about that because they want to thwart bad things happening in their countries because that affects tourism and everything else. So, you know, don't ever be uh, afraid to communicate with real law enforcement officers. Um, but also they, um, um, if, if, if you, you said something just a second, yeah. If, well, I, I was just talking about because because that's the thing. If, if you know, if, if your experience is what you've seen in movies, the, the, the local, you know, police captain is always corrupt as can be. And, well, you know, yeah. he's the last guy. But I, I, I don't think that's really the case. I think you know, it's if what you're really bad, if you're in a really third world country, that's something you do have to be aware of. And you know, sometimes, uh, honestly, in some countries, not European countries, but third world countries, if you're traveling to them, some of the extra cash you need is sometimes to pay people off just to let you keep going down the road. Yeah. So I mean, that kind of stuff will happen. So um, those are some of the contingencies you run into. Yeah, but 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 if, but if you got in that kind of situation, you're probably with a group and somebody that knows their way yeah. around. If, yeah. if 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 I were to find myself, I, I go back to that trip to Mexico. If I'd seen a, if I was at a road where I need to pay somebody to pass, I've, I've already made a lot of mistakes. I yeah. think to get there when I left the ship, <laughs> you know, I made a lot of yeah. I made a lot of bad choices, right, and it right. should have just stopped yeah. at the first bar. To have a, well, a, a margarita and yeah. then go back to the ship, yeah. And, and one of the things, you know, in another country, if you break the law in their country, you're not. The U.S. can't help you for breaking the law in another country. Yeah. You're under their country's law. You could end up in that country's jail system. So be aware of your conduct. And I tell that to you know everybody. But which which which, which goes to even to your point about about driving. I mean, you just don't think about the right. risk of if if I was to you have, have an accident, but it was your fault. We're going to put you in jail because you just hurt this person. Right. If I hit oh, a pedestrian yeah. in Italy, right. I'm all of a sudden involved in the Italian legal system. Yeah. 
Whereas if I'd just taken the public transportation and walked a little bit, I could have avoided that risk completely. Yeah. If you have too much to drink and you get into an altercation or, you know, hit somebody or touch somebody the wrong way, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can land you in their jail. So just be aware you're not, the United States can't help you in that. You're under their laws. Um, so that's something, you know, I particularly tell young people, you're not in America anymore. Yeah, it goes back if to you that, do something wrong, you're under their laws. It goes back to that low-profile bullet right. point yeah, right. of, of, of just not causing those problems. Well, we're, we're up at, uh, at 30 minutes, and, and, and Doug, this has, been, uh, this has been fantastic, again, for anybody that's traveling either this summer or whatever. So um, I encourage you again to go back and catch the first part of this episode. Uh, we're going to have uh, Doug, Doug said I could put these bullet points below, so I'm going to get uh, I'll yeah, put them do. in the notes. Uh, the... Uh, uh, U.S. Department uh, step side, I'll make sure that's there, and certainly links to Counter Threat Group uh, and the work you guys are doing. Is there anything, any parting you know, comments you'd want to? I would say, you know, basically what we talked about, we could talk another five or six hours to talk about everything that you need to be aware of with international travel, but this was some of the basic key things just for, just for being aware of your surroundings well, and minimizing the look that you have as being a, tr- a tourist or an American or whatever that draws attention to yourself. If well, you can, well, let me let me just do a shameless plug for you. Since I mean, we, we we're doing a, a you know project now with uh, with an, a, con- a country in the Middle East. I think it's in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's counter third group where you provide this kind of consulting to corporations, right? So that might be one thing. I'm gonna we have can to- do more. Uh, we can do more significant or, or detailed country study information on where what what's going on in the countries that you might be traveling to and um, what are areas of the country that probably aren't the best for Americans to go to if there is such a thing in the country. Okay. So yeah, we 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 can do a lot more detailed type specific country okay. country specific information. Right. So 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 we'll end on that. If it's for personal, I've got the links below, but if this is something business related and you are concerned about keeping your employees safe, there's counter third group and there's other 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 companies like that. Too. Church but, groups, mission groups, sometimes they don't always get a lot of information about the countries yeah. they're going to and just but, but, but it might be worth getting a third party yeah. to come in and, and, and do a quick consult if, if it's an ongoing engagement or something. So all right. Well, uh, Doug, again, I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate you coming over here for this. Thank you, Russ. Uh, Thank you, Kasuf, for having me. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll uh, let's see if I can uh, do my extra here. Um, and, and, and thank you, the listeners. Uh, again, this was uh, had been Cyber Matters, even though this was maybe more of a travel matters. Uh, but I'm Russ Dorsey, your, your host, uh, and uh, it's part of the Kasuf Podcast Network. And we appreciate you being here, uh, you know, with us for this special, this special episode. And we'll look forward to talking to you soon.